Hebrews and the 13th chapter. Hadn't the Lord been really good to us? Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the Son of God that was given to us. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. <laughs> oh, what a present that was wrapped in a manger. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger. Lord, I know the Catholics have messed up Christmas, but what a gift. Laden. <laughs> Woo! We all like sheep had gone astray. So our good shepherd left the 99, came to find us. <laughs> I bless your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we've walked in here to your manifest presence. Thank you for Brother Dow being faithful, not giving up in the hard times. And now here we are with a full house and a field house. <laughs> Lord, it's evident that you're pleased because you're present. And I'm grateful for it. Thank you for the dear men of God that made it a priority. Brother Rudd, such a good friend to all of us. Brother Ben, Brother Turner, always loved God since I've known him. Brother Langston, Lord, I'll forget somebody, Lord, but these people that came from North Carolina to help us. <laughs> they're going to sing and they're going to serve. <laughs> Woo! Load their little wagon down and let them go back to North Carolina with the wheels falling off. They so much loaded down. <laughs> Bless every young person in this room. Everybody under the age of 20. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Save some of them. Sanctify all of them. Saturate them. Till they'll know God and know better than the empty fundamentalist religion. They'll know better than snowflake contemporary effeminacy. They'll know better than Protestant play church. They'll know God. <laughs> Lord, we may not, none of us be running 500 out here, but we do got our family working on the ark. Woo! We got our family working on the ark. Nobody else may get in, but our youngins are getting in. I bless the Lord for it. Thank God. Hallelujah. So do something for the youngins, Lord. And then do something for your youngins. You got sheep sitting here. Some of them may be old in body, but they're your children. They need as much help. They need as much help as any teenager in here. Probably more. We need more deliverance and more wisdom. Oh, God, meet with us. Lord, let, let everybody just kick the sideboards out. 
pull them out of the slat and throw them on the, out in the yard. Just let God be God this week. Lord, we love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. All the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. If the Lord will let me, I'm just going to meditate in front of you a little bit. I have uh, been looking at a little passage here. I do not have have it organized. I don't have it structured. And y'all know I'm not concerned with that too much anyway. <laughs> Hebrews was in my Bible before the service started. <laughs> Chapter 13. I think just I will exhort what I'm looking at and let the Lord, uh, we'll just trust the scriptures to be a blessing. And while we've been chewing on this, the Lord spoke to my heart. And uh, you preachers that are here and you serious Christians that are here, y'all can go look at this tonight and tomorrow and see what the Lord gives you out of it. And I imagine in the next two or three weeks I'll be a preaching it. But the Lord is pressing it on me. One thing I've learned about preaching is that we don't know anything about preaching. And uh, oh... We better stay away from any kind of performance. We ought to be diligent. We ought to be devoted. We ought to walk with God. But it's very spiritual business. There are times of instruction. There are times of basic study. There is. But I'm going to tell you something. The only reason the people of God, if, if the only reason they're not worshiping is the preachers ain't worshiping. And if preaching is not a worship experience. See, and I was raised under men of God. When they went in the Word, they went in the worship. They went in the worship when they went in the Word. And I've always just start popping happy bubbles when I get in that Bible. And, uh, oh, what a blessing. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Amen. It's a great crowd, Brother Dow, but, you know, when you marry into West Virginia and from North Carolina, you're always going to have a crowd, <laughs> usually kin to most of them. So that's, that's the deal. That's exactly right. <laughs> Amen, Brother Dow. Good to see you. Love him. Well, Brother Elijah, he's got a little taller. He's got a little taller, I think. Hair's a little blacker. Did he dye his hair just for this meeting? Is he praying? Is he praying? Amen. We'll have to go get a bowl of chili. I mean, the man's got a bow tie on. Samuel, until you get into bow tie gear, you're going to get nowhere, son. I can tell you that. I can tell you that right now. Hebrews 13. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Let me just read a few scriptures and I'll show you one thing out of Exodus. 
Hebrews 13. Let's start in verse 8. <laughs> y'all want to just scratch off a spot and throw a spell? You know what verse 8 says? Jesus Christ. The same. Yesterday. I'm glad he's in my past. Brother Bill, he's in yesterday. He's today. I'm glad he's in my present. And forever. Our tomorrow's so good he don't even call it tomorrow. <laughs> he just calls it forever. <laughs> Woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all can live stream this if, if you want to. We'll start rumors all over the country. <laughs> we'll probably have. I bring a little, I'm starting to bring little cans of black spray paint. And when the meeting gets good, I just start spraying all the cameras. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Amen. The same. Folks, you know He's our Savior. He's our God. He's our Creator. He's our Father. I don't know how to tell you this. A mystery, you don't wrap your mind around it. You wrap your arms around it. Revelation 1, he called the Son the Father. Called him his God. And then Isaiah 9, he called him Father. A son will be born. You're going to call him Father. (laughs) Revelation 1 said he's his God. I said Jesus is our God. He is our Father. He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer, our Mediator, our High Priest. He's the dearest friend you'll ever have. He is the sympathizing lover of your pitiful soul. He really is. He knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. And uh, He knew you as a mess when He moved in. When He moved in. And when the Lord moved in, He brought all His stuff with Him. Where y'all want to run when you run? You got several options. Don't go out there and go left. You go down the stairs. <laughs> Woo! Ah, when Jesus moved in, he brought everything he owns with him. He's like West Virginia relatives. When they move in, they just bring everything. That. Of course, it ain't much, but they bring granny. They tie it all down on a truck. And blah, 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 blah. My favorite, one of me and Jennifer's favorite persons in the world. The only reason we come help Brother Jason, we love Sister Amanda. Amen. Amen. And we got to find these boys a wife. And my ministry here won't be done until we get all these boys married. Boy, when it's time to marry these Turner boys off, that's going to be a tough one. They're kind of cowboys. They love to just go grab a woman. Hey, woman. Come, come, woman. You love God? Come with me. Jesus Christ, the same. I'm glad there is no shadow of turning. 
There is no variableness with him. Is it Malachi? I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. He don't ever change. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. Huh. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. Had a rich crowd in Chattanooga and they said, well, that Brother Dean, he's harsh. That was the word on me. I mean, <laughs> you got uh, a prophet hath no honor in his own house. And uh, the Lord put me in Florida. They still think I'm a great preacher down there. God moved me back to Georgia and they're like, Dean? Yeah, I don't know. Dean, that Junior's boy? I don't know. Got in some of them rich churches in Chattanooga. He's harsh. Well, I got news for you. When I'm having to warn you about buzzards in the branches, tares amongst the wheat, and leaven that has leavened the whole lump, and when there's all kind of divers and strange doctrines, you get your little hireling preachers at the judgment, and y'all look at each other as you and the whole outfit's getting tossed in the lake of a fire because you had a hire that wouldn't tell you the truth. Thank God I had some preachers in my life. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Not with meats. Some of y'all bad as them Old Testament Jews couldn't turn loose of all their works. You had to have something you could put your hands on, put your teeth in, tangible evidence, something you could show yourself how good you were. You're bad as an Old Testament Jew hanging on to their meat. Let your heart be established with grace. Honey, them good things he had them a-doing, they were all pointing to Christ. The law was pointing to Christ. And when the Lord got here, they didn't need the law in their hand. They had the Lord in their heart. It's a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Maybe that's what the Lord's going to do this week. That felt like the theme when I said it. I ain't even read that verse. I ain't been looking at that verse. It's the first time I've read it right here. I've been down in verse 12. So I hadn't even read verse 9. But it seemed like when I just read that, that might be the theme of the meeting. That our heart be established with grace. We ought to print it off and hang it on the banner. That the heart, for it's a good thing that the heart be established with grace. I, I remember when the Lord made Romans 5.20 real to me. I don't know how to tell you this and you know how there's some things that are so personal you can't never tell. But I can tell enough you can figure it out. 
was raised. One grandfather was godly. One grandfather was wicked. And I had the DNA running from both bloodstreams. And I need the Lord, as old Reuben Fields used to say. I wish I could say this. Old black preacher from Louisiana, pastored in Indianapolis, Indiana. Used to go hear him. He was Ed Ballou's friend. Ed Ballou was the old North Carolina preacher that founded the Rock of Ages prison ministry. Probably reaped a harvest of thousands of souls in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Preaching when there was a spirit in our land of, of, of a good measure of the power of God. And Ed Blue would bring in Reuben Fields, great old big black man, and he would always say, I'm not a black man. He'd rub the pulpit. He, he said, I'm more mahogany. <laughs> like this pulpit. Of course, this pulpit's not mahogany. But that's what he'd say. He said, I'm more mahogany. And he'd get warmed up like a freight train, you know. An old steam train. And he'd always say, I wish I could say this. And he'd take a while and try to say it. So that's what I feel right now, but I feel it in a good way. God allowed me to go into some of the depths of Satan as a teenager, brushed up the lake of fire there, brushed up down there where the, the monsters live in the Dens of iniquity. Not much, just a little. But enough to get a good peek at the dark depravity in my own soul. And I think one reason, Brother Turner, I've never struggled with Phariseeism. I've had other faults. But I've never struggled with looking at somebody else and what was wrong with them. Because I was so tore up about what all was wrong with me. That's the truth. To this day, I don't. I ain't never walked in a meeting and looked around and thought ugly things when I seen things. I just don't see things. You'd be amazed, as hard as I preach, that I don't see things. The Lord sees things and has me preach on it, but I don't even see it. Amen. I can be in the middle of all kind of stuff and all I see is other people and I can't believe that he's willing to come to the horrible pit and help all of us. That's exactly right. God, let me see it. Romans 5, 20. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And I think God and... I don't know how all those mysteries work, but God hates sin and sin will kill us. And I don't understand all that, but I know that I got a good look at me and then a good look at Him and I don't even want to look at y'all. Never have been a bit interested. 
and judging or criticizing anybody. Amen. They come to time to bring spiritual judgment and make a judgment call. Judgment call and judgment condescension is two different things. And only rebels get upset about it. We ought not to have no judging condescension where we look down on people. But you better be quick to make judgment calls. No on that. My family will not right there. No on them. No on this. You better make a judgment call. Amen. Had a young man come up to me. Chloe's 16. You're having the same problem, Rudd. They're getting tall and beautiful. And a young man come trotting up behind me in a meeting down in South Georgia. 15-year-old. Can I have Chloe's... Brother McNeese, can I have Chloe's phone? No. You can have a baseball bat around your shins. And uh, I said, no. She's young and you're no. And I said, even when she's older, you're a no. I said, this is my number. I said, you call me sometime. So he called me the next week, and I said, don't be calling. <laughs> I said, she's young, and you I don't know what you are. So that was that. Got a call from a young man today. And I said, yeah. Fellowship. Yes, sir. God bless you, son. Y'all better know how to make a judgment call. Mm. We got off here the other week preaching on Abraham and Sarah, Lot and his wife. Now Abraham let Sarah run things a while. And she wasn't doing it out of rebellion or God would judge her. She'd done it out of fear. She cooked up the whole Hagar scheme out of fear, not out of a wicked heart. But her husband should have been the head, should have put an arm around her and said no. And I preached for an hour the other night on putting your foot down while putting your arm around. Don't you put your foot down on your wife unless you're willing to also have your arm around your wife. Amen. And some of you men put your arm around your wife and never put your foot down. And then some of you slam your foot down and never put your arm around. Well, there's got to be judgment calls. God let, he put me in my little church because I still had, I had some independent fundamental religion in me. Just thought things would work if you'd worked certain things. It was in my DNA. had some of that too. And I walked in my, I'm talking about the heart needs to be established with grace. Walked in my church and they'd called me the pastor. I didn't, I wasn't excited about it. I, I had not, uh, had no ambitions to be a pastor. 
And it was something the Lord made me do. And I, I was okay with it, but he made me do it. And uh, I got out there the first Sunday. I was in the swamp, and they were an independent Baptist church, but they had Southern Baptist standards, which means they didn't have any standards. <laughs> You're the one live streaming. I can't help you. Don't have my spray penguin. And uh, well, the Southern Baptists, they have a decent community standard. They do. They, they try to be Christians in the community. But they don't know how to be Christians in the church. And independent Baptists know how to be Christians in the church and don't know how to love anybody in the community. And uh, yeah, keep the camera on. People need to hear this. But uh, I, God done me a favor. I went over there the first Saturday I'd moved out there. And I was over in the corner. On a Saturday morning, the lights were off. I went over there and I started praying in the corner. Next thing I know, a couple of the lights came on. I heard a bunch of hollering, carrying on. And, a, and, a, a, and all the teenagers of the church come piling in and they were mostly naked. And they'd run in there and they were horsing on the altars and on the pulpit nearly naked, wrestling. Now you're looking at me to explain what's going on. Well, we lived near the ocean, pastured in Florida. They had a beach activity. I didn't know they did such. They had a youth group going to the beach and they were already in their swimsuits. <laughs> I thought I was back at the golden calf, you know, the, the naked and dancing. <laughs> and you thought about shock. I mean, I was like, I, I wanted to reach out and, is this real? Is, are, are y'all, did I just have a, like a wrong vision? <laughs> I was over there. It was the most surreal thing. Light come on, all my teenagers in their underwear wrestling. What is that? Well, I didn't even know that. that it's a beach activity. They finally saw me. I stood up. Of course, they're like, hey, preacher. They're all coming to hug me. Whoa, hey, easy. Okay. New rule, new rule. Wear clothes when you hug the pastor. They just didn't know any better. It was their moms and daddies playing the beach activity for all of them. They didn't know any better. And I said, my loving stars. And they all filed up, loaded up, and headed off. I said, Lord, they didn't discuss this in Bible college. <laughs> I mean, I've worked the bus route a time or two, but even they, you know... <laughs> I said, my soul, what, we, what in the world have I got into? Half of our youth group came without a mom or a dad. I was seven miles from the Florida State Penitentiary. And many of the young people in my church had a mother or a father incarcerated. There were five prisons within about 20 miles. And I said, you know, a rule book, they need more than a rule book. Yes, sir. We're also going to put our clothes on. 
We have Christian liberty, but not to wrestle naked on the altar. Y'all, some, some things you ain't got to pray about or wait on. And you, you, would, you wouldn't believe across this country that some men, some fathers and pastors are waiting and praying on stuff like that right there. Will not put their foot down. Well, some things you don't pray about or wait on. I, you know, okay, that ain't going to happen again. And we never had another beach activity. And nobody fought me. I just said, you know, man, that's the wickedest, stupidest thing I've ever seen. Not going to do it again. They're like, huh, yeah, all right. Not doing that again. <laughs> they cooperated, except for the times they didn't. And, uh, but you know what? I said, Lord, my, my little independent fundamental handbook that they need more than a haircut. They need more than culottes. They, they need something. <laughs> culottes, something. Uh, but they need more. The boys need more than short hair and the girls need more. I can shorten their hair and lengthen their skirts, but they're all going to wind up in a real mess and in hell in a minute. Gotta have more than religion! But thank God. Thank God. I came in preaching. We came in worshiping. They'd been praying. They two old men been praying there a long time since the 60s. Did you know that first summer I put up a tent? Put up a tent. I was 21 in July and turned 22. I'm 52 right now. That was 30 years ago. 31. I'll be 53 this summer. Put up that tent. And you know the power of God was so strong. One night in particular, we had a football huddle is what I called it. There was a pile of them. Long-haired boys with the mullet. Bunch of old rough boys. Even our church boys were not proper Sunday school boys. And... Uh, a lot of the girls had already been defiled. A lot of the boys had already been arrested. I found an old Joe Parsons tape from 1966. He pronounced, profit, he pronounced judgment on that crowd. He said, I'll come back in one generation. Your boys will be long-haired rebels and your girls will be pregnant out of wedlock, is what he said, because you're running off the man of God. I arrived there 30 years later and the boys had long hair and the girls were defiled. But a generation had passed and two old men had begged God to remove Ichabod. 26 people got saved the first two months I preached there walking the aisles. They called me to pastor and we put up a tent and somewhere in that the end of the first week or the beginning of the second week that's what I called a big old huddle about 15 young men <laughs> they all get saved and about 10 young women you wouldn't believe God started saving them saving their friends they wanted to sing they was all on fire I said sing they backed a big mud truck in there it was our sound system 
They backed a big, big tire mud truck in there, put a cassette of Gold City Quartet in the stereo, opened the doors, blasted it, and they all stood on the tailgate and in the truck and sang with the cassette tape. At the, they had woofers and sub. I mean, you could hear it 30 miles. That was my special singing. I got on the tailgate with them. Assumed the bass part too, I did. Oh my. I looked around there and I said, boy, where sin abounded? Grace did much more. But see, I knew what he had done for me and brought me through them years. I'd, I'd be ashamed. I would never tell you some of the trouble I got in, some of the depths of darkness I got in. I, I ran away from home three times. And I'm not trying to be sensational, okay? Got locked up. Police picked me up and locked me up. And I was in juvenile hall for a week and I wouldn't tell them who I was. You probably won't ever hear me tell that whenever my kids are in service with me. But uh, they were strong devils coming up out of them one of them bad family branches. They was they was a Holy Ghost praying coming up on another branch and strong devils coming. Y'all ain't helping me. I was locked up before I could even drive. <laughs> See, God done did a work in me and he just helped me that first year of pastor and just kind of reassured me the independent fundamental rule book, it ain't going to work. I knew it never worked on me. Help me now. This don't mean you throw everything to the wind and become a stinking liberal on Facebook. Bikinis and beer and hitting the like button on everything. Talk to me. Why y'all hitting the like button on every heathen pagan thing that the so-called Christians are doing? Dear time. God showed me that. It's a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats. It ain't what you can do. It's what he can do. It ain't what you've done. It's what he done. Oh my. Mm. Which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. You ever notice somebody hung up in their own self-righteous religion? They are occupied with it. They're occupied. Verse 10. We have an altar. <laughs> where they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. Now I had to chew on that verse. Can I break it down for you? I had to chew on that. Here's what the writer, probably Paul at this point, I think a lot of Hebrews could have been Stephen's sermons. And then at the end, he closed with commentary. There's about 20 of us. Was you with us, Brother Langston, when we studied that about five years ago? And here I believe Paul, here's what a, we have an altar. Whereas they have no right. And I believe here's what he's saying. We saved church age saints have an altar 
that people who are hanging on to the Old Testament system have no right. You ain't going to hold on to the law and hold on to the Lord. And we have an altar. And it'll work anywhere. It'll work anywhere. You can bow on your knee and you'll be in the throne room of grace. You can lift your head. You can bow your knee. You can walk behind the barn. You can pull off in a rest area. You can get in a closet. You can go down to the church. Amen. You can breathe a prayer while you're on the job. We have an altar. Thank God. It's Christ. It's Christ. Verse 11. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned, what's this, without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Here comes a third time without business. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city but we seek one to come. I believe it's in Hebrews 11 at the end I think. It said for we are strangers and pilgrims. Strangers cause we're not home. Pilgrims cause we're headed home. Oh my, four B's. I, I did write four B's down. Write them down quickly. I still don't know what to say about them. Without the camp, without the gate, without the camp. No continuing city. Write these four down and y'all tell me later what it means. Verse 11, there's a burning without the camp. Do y'all see that in verse 11? Burn without the camp. Oh, when you, and this without the camp, as they got kicked out of the Jewish religion, Paul got saved, and then he didn't have to separate. They separated him. The Jews tried to kill him. Y'all ever get full of God, you'll get kicked out of some religious camps. You'll get kicked out of some religious camps. Mm. Your family will kick you out. Y'all have experienced that? The uh, starchy stuff shirt brethren. About the second time we holler, somebody runs and out, we sing a song again. Sister breaks down while she's singing. Three fellows holler out loud. That formal crowd. <laughs> Borderline Pentecostal, everyone back away, back away. Back slowly away, Borderline Pentecostal. Them stinking rascals told everybody for 50 years. Now, you watch out for that, that emotional crowd. They're borderline charismatic. And who is the blessed first ones to go contemporary the first time they had a chance? Not one old-fashioned preacher, not one old-fashioned church has gone charismatic, flaky contemporary, but 10,000 formal, sword of the Lord, soul winning, door knocking, bus route, Bible college, and I'm for all that when you do it right. That outfit is the first one to go contemporary. I've been mad about that about 10 years. 
I can't get it out of my system. 50 years. Oh, let's keep our formal service. Them boys over there, borderline Pentecostal. Well, guess who jumped in with the charismatics? And then they got fog machines, black lights. They got girls dressed like boys on the platform, praise and worship. They got boys act like girls on the platform, praise and worship. Dropping their Bibles, dropping their Baptist off the sign, open the floodgates of hell. Borderline, my loving soul, you're going full-blown jump right smack dab in the middle of charismatic confusion. I wasn't trying to be ugly, but I told three older men a few years ago, I said, you wouldn't have lost Tennessee Temple if you ought to let them shout down there. I was sick of beating around the bush, which I never really did, but I told them. Told them to their face. And I wasn't trying to be ugly. And then I told 90 men to their face. Y'all wouldn't have lost your heroes, your churches, and your colleges. You hadn't have been borderline blaspheming the Holy Ghost this whole time. You can outfit. Where's our spray paint when we need it? Without the camp. I've been removed from several camps. Help me now. They were some mean camps. They were some boys didn't think he was preaching unless you cut guts and gallbladders and crucified all the women and crucified all the brethren and tear everybody up, machine gun the whole outfit because they didn't have your particular standard. I got kicked out of that camp. Been kicked out of the shouting, out of the formal camp. I've been kicked out of the of the Pharisee camp. Got kicked out of the Bible college camp. I went down to my old Bible college and set up a tent outside Jacksonville, Florida. I went down there. They'd done drop Baptists. They'd done drop the Bibles. They'd done joined in with every liberal. I went and found the head man, now the pastor. I said, you better let these boys come to the meeting. I said, they need to get some sawdust in them laptops and they need to get some vinegar in them lattes. You got them sipping on a bunch of soy Soy beans, soy boys. Y'all are raising a bunch of homosexuals around here. That did not, that did not get me scheduled at the next alumni meeting. Without the camp, there's a burning going on without the camp and they're burning sin. The sin offering being burned. Oh, there's a meeting going on outside the camp and they're burning sin. And then look in verse 12, there's, there's bleeding going on without the gate. There's blood. Jesus with his own blood suffered without the gate. Put me in that tent meeting where the blood of Jesus is. And by the way, do you see the word suffered? You'll be bleeding too. You won't be bleeding for sin. You'll be bleeding for suffering. Suffering's the, suffering's probably the gift of the church age. It's the sign, the token of the church age. If the Lord's going to be good to you in the church age, He'll give you what He gave His Son. A heavy cross and several open wounds. It's the only thing that'll bleed this old world out and let that world in. Y'all ain't helping me. Suffered! Without the camp, there's a burning, there is a bleeding, and then the next verse, does it say bearing His reproach? 
There's a bearing. Let us go forth therefore and then without the camp, bearing his reproach. I don't know how to tell you this. If you have a popular Jesus, he ain't the one in the Bible. The Catholics got a baby Jesus. The Charismatics got a hippie Jesus. The Protestants have an effeminate Jesus. Come out of the French Renaissance. Come right out of the Reformation. That painting did. Having a feminine Jesus. There's a thousand Jesuses out there. The Pharisees have an angry Jesus. And he's mad at you for not being perfect. And he just beats you over the head severely. There's a thousand Jesuses out there. Corinthians 11. If it's another spirit, if it's another gospel, if it's another Jesus, you better back off of it. The one in that Bible, you'll bear reproach for knowing him. Somebody said, what do you think about some of the so-called great evangelists of the 21st century? I'm going to tell you something. Them Bible preachers, they wouldn't go sit down with the Pope. The Pope would be cutting their head off. When John the Baptist and Elijah went and got with the king, the king tried to kill him for the next decade. Y'all ain't helping me. If your preacher is popular with politicians, presidents, and popes, then he probably ain't bearing no reproach. If he's on Time magazine, if he's if he's the most if all of his best selling books is at Walmart, talk to me. We ain't selling best anything down here at Calvary. Ain't nothing for sale down here. You repent of your sins and come into Calvary, or you don't get in. They ain't, he ain't selling you nothing and you can't sell us nothing. There's a gift down here. There's a bearing business outside that camp. Bearing. Bearing. And we bear that load and we bear and, and God will test your humility. And every once in a while you'll get proud of being spiritual. That happens to the best of us. Every once in a while You'll carry that cross and be on the outside and be martyred and persecuted. And every once in a while, you'll, we're so wicked, even then we'll say, we'll, we'll, hey, anybody notice me, how spiritual I am? See me bleeding, see me carrying this cross, I must be something special. I got news for no different, no better than the people that take a whip to us. If God didn't let our heart be established with grace, we'd be putting a whip on somebody. Fourth B. Here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. We have a belonging issue. We don't belong to this world. (laughs) We don't belong to this world. We don't belong down here. We belong to a a land we hadn't seen yet. A city that we hadn't arrived to yet. Oh, pilgrim. John Bunyan's pilgrim. Good night, I can't wait. Hey, our missionary, Rob Smith, him and Amanda, they got 100% support raised. Sister Amanda just filed for her visa. When it gets there, they're gone. And they're already shipping stuff. Rob told me last week. So when we get Rob and Amanda over there, we're going to have annual 
World Harvest Heritage Tours. I'll take y'all, all you preachers and any of you Christians that want to go. Go look at John Bunyan's church. That little prison. You can see his little chair that he sat in. And one of the legs detaches and he secretly made a flute out of it. And when they'd say, we hear singing back there. And the jailer would come in and he'd stick it back in the chair. John Bunyan. You'll see the great bell. That he's under such conviction he thought it was going to, and his job was to ring the bell. And with every tug, he thought it was going to come crashing down on him and send him to hell. John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress. We'll take you to John Newton's church, Amazing Grace. Let you see his pulpit. It's laying in a corner with old boxes. They don't care over there. Take you to Spurgeon. Take you to William Carey's little shoe cobbler shop and see his maps with his handwriting where he was teaching school, but he started making notes, burden for those countries. We'll take you over there. Take you over there. John Bunyan. Got Pilgrim's Progress in stained glass windows. The story around his church. Until he finally came inside of that city. And he shucked that burden off forever. And run across the finish line. This world is not our home. There's a belonging issue. Amen. Folks, if you've ever been born again, you don't fit in no more. You don't fit in. And you're not supposed to make sinners comfortable. You're supposed to make them conviction. They're supposed to be uncomfortable around you. This contemporary philosophy, having a church where Americans will want to come, never has worked. What you need to do is have a church that Jesus wants to attend. And then when them Americans get sick of sin, they'll have a place they can go. Now, show you one thing and I'm done. Go to Exodus 33. I did not know this. I did not know this. Go to Exodus 33. I'm going to show you one thing and I'm done. This is what I've been chewing on. I don't know what to say about it yet. I don't know what to say about them four B's, but they're looking pretty good. When you find Exodus 33, look at me for just a moment. I didn't know this, preachers. I always thought when it said without the gate, without the camp, that it was referring to what they did with the sacrifices when they got done and took it out and burned it. It's referring to something that happened. Brother Turner, you're going to like this with what God's got you doing right now. Brother Langston. All right, y'all look at me. I don't want you to read it yet. I don't want you to see it until I, I'm going to show it to you. No running ahead. You know what this is talking about? Y'all remember the golden calf? Moses on the mountain with God. Aaron, the people, golden calf, naked, dancing. God came down so full of wrath, he said, I'm going to kill all of them. You know, they pray, Lord, don't. And the thing kind of, God did not destroy them in chapter 32. Watch this. In chapter 33, 
Look up here at me. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. In chapter 33, the Lord said, I am not coming down into the midst of the camp. He said, if I do, there are stiff-necked people. I'll consume them. God said, I'm still mad. And I'm not coming down there and walking amongst them. And Moses took a tent and he went without the camp. (laughs) And he set it up. And he said, if anybody wants to seek God, come out here. Brother Myers, I didn't know that. I just missed it. So I'm going to show it to you now and let you see. Exodus 33. And it's in verse 7. I don't know what I should read around it. Exodus used to be in my Bible. There it is. Verse 1. Lord said, I'm going to depart, go up hence. Verse 2, verse 3. Verse 3! For I, a new land flow in the middle of the land, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. Verse 4. People heard these evil tidings. They mourned. And no man did put on him his ornaments. For the Lord has said, you stiff-necked, I'm going to consume you. Go down to verse 6. Children of Israel stripped themselves. Verse 7. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. Afar off from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out under the tabernacle of the congregation which was without the camp. What do y'all think about that? I didn't know that's what Hebrews 13 was referring to. Y'all look here and I'm going to say something. You and I live in an hour where a golden calf has been brought into church. The independent former boys, they got their golden calves. One of their biggest ones is that you worship them or else. There's more man worship. I sat there when I was 16 listened to them brag on each other 11 minute introductions. I did. I knew then. I knew then God was sick of it. A year ago I'm sitting in the same crowd and they spent the whole morning on 1 Peter 5 when the chief shepherd shall appear and all they could talk about was their shepherd. The pastor bragged on himself. They bragged on their pastor. They were under, under orders to brag on their pastor. They glorified their under-shepherd. They took all of 1 Peter 5 and nobody ever talked about Jesus. They talked about their... The independent fundamental Baptists, honey, have got a system where they worship each other. There's a golden calf. You can't go in your Southern Baptist churches. There's a golden calf. It's just called the world. You can't come against Egypt at all. They'll run you out in about three minutes. You get out here and out with They got some golden calves out here that have shut all the worship down. Some of them made out of water. They're liquid gold. And it shuts down fellowship and it shuts down sweetness. It shuts down the actual gospel. We are not Campbellites and we're not Catholics. We don't trust the water. The actual apostle to the Gentile church said, Christ sent me not to baptize, 
That ought to tell you how the emphasis goes. I come out west one of the first times years ago before I knew any of y'all. And I went to, out to Seattle. Good night. This was, uh, this was before uh, Brother Hanks came to Colorado 22 years ago. I landed in Seattle. And the old boy was from Chattanooga. He was raised in the right kind of churches. But he got up there with all them western fellowships and had to turn into a Campbellite Catholic water, water dog. I had no idea. I didn't. I, I had no idea. I walked into his church on Sunday morning, and they had a big horse trough out there. They were going to have baptism that day. And I didn't know he had done turned into an old water bird. Well, and I didn't think the Lord gave me a message out of Romans 6. And uh, it was something on why, why, why good preaching is good for us. Just something right in there I was going to. And, uh, and, I, and I got to verse 4. We're baptized with him by his baptism into the death. And I said, can y'all believe there are people who actually think that the Romans 6 baptism is a water baptism? Well, they actually could believe that people believe that because they'd all believe that. Anybody that can take Romans 6 where the Spirit of God baptizes us into the, the work of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, and make that a water baptism that saves you, you're a Campbellite and a Catholic. More than you are a Baptist. After church in his living room. <laughs> I have a lot of after church conversations. He said, uh, brother, and he, and he delicately broached the subject. He was delicately broaching. I just took a sledgehammer. <laughs> no more delicate broaching. Sledgehammer slamming. I said, I can't believe you, Jay Bird. You, I said, you turned that quick with this outfit. So you know the Holy Ghost. You know Bible doctrine. You turned that quick. I said, you can't trace. Nobody can trace that thing back more than 200 years. And John the Baptist was baptizing the nation of Israel under repentance. Had nothing to do with the church age. Golden calves. The contemporaries got their golden calf. All these camps got their golden calf. There was a golden calf. Now, right here in the book of Hebrews, the Jews had their golden calf. And it was their sacrificial lambs. They were holding on to their old religion. They were holding on to their old religion. That's why you're not popular. And that's why you're not popular. And why you're not popular. And you're not popular. And you're not popular. Because what y'all are doing in the towns and that you're called to is you're just holding up that old cross. It's a stumbling block to people that want to be strong and it's an offense to people that want to be religious. And the people that trust in their self or the people that trust in their religion, the Greeks and the Jews, it's a stumbling block and an offense. There ain't no popularity. You pick up that cross, you will bear reproach. 
But you'll also, every once in a while, there'll be an old sinner. Smell the sulfur, a fire, a brimstone. There'll be an old sinner see his sin. And he'll know where somebody was waving a bloody cross. And he'll say, help over here. Help. And one more gets pulled out of the fire. Golden calves. Brother, if you're not careful, we all have got a golden calf. Something that we'd want to love. But this is just amazing. Moses had to go outside the camp because God said, I ain't coming in there no more. And that was his people. And what God said was, you better hope I don't come walking in there because I'll end up killing all of you. And Moses took a tent, took that tent, and went out, and it said, afar off. And I talked to y'all about being lonely, feeling isolated, feeling it was afar off. Let me tell you, some of y'all wonder sometimes, some of you youngins, why do I have to be so different than the other kids in the world? Why do I have to dress different? Why do we not go have the fun they have? Why do we just always do what? And, and if you're not careful, the devil will talk to you young people. And many an 18-year-old has took off a running and never come back. Many of them, many of them, many of them. Many a 16-year-old, many a 19-year-old, many a 21-year-old. What are we doing way out here away? We're, we're strange. We're different. Why are we afar off from the main camp? Because there's a gold calf in there, and over here there's a good chance God will bless us. There's a good chance we can meet with God out here. We're seeking the Lord because He may kill everybody over there. Being an old time Christian doesn't make kids weird. Being homeschooled don't make kids weird. Being Christian school don't make kids weird. Y'all know what makes kids weird? Weird parents. <laughs> I mean, and when you marry North Carolina to West Virginia, I mean, what do you, I mean, what's, you know, there's just, just no hope, no hope. Years ago, we first started out, and because I'm an evangelist, and I was raised in a Christian school. And then, uh, and I'd married Jennifer, she was raised in a public school. And uh, I married old heathen, just like you. That, oh, sorry, sis. And uh, because I've been an evangelist, and we're going to homeschool so they can travel with us. And my kids travel with me until up until they were 12 and 13. And now they travel some. But Jennifer was scared and intimidated. Homeschooling. And the biggest thing she was worried about was her kids going to be weird. I said, baby, our kids were already going to be weird. 
look who you married, I said to her. You could put them in <laughs> the biggest public school in the biggest city. They're going to be weird because I'm their daddy. She said, good point, good point. <laughs> true, true dad, true. But for a year or two, she was afraid that she couldn't do a good job with education. And about three or four years into it, you couldn't you could pull her teeth out before you could take your her kids from her. Loves it. And now I suggest her, baby, you want a break? There's three Christian schools close to us. There's something wrong with every one of them. I hope people in Ringgold ain't watching. There's like each one has something really wrong with it, but enough that we could work around, but enough where I'd be mad all year. You know. But I said, babe, if you need a break, these kids. And we asked them, no. God lets us have plenty of friends, plenty of meetings, plenty of everything we need. But that, that scared her. She said, I, I don't want our kids to be weird. <laughs> of course, and I told her, you know, that's long gone. You can forget that. <laughs> Yesterday, the Chloe and Kendall sang all morning in the church in Georgia where I was preaching. Preston stood up and preached before I did. Kendall played the altar call. And they're not even weird. <laughs> and they laugh at me because I, I remain weird. I'm weird. I was trying to make all them weird and it didn't work. Let me tell y'all something. A fall off from the camp. Yeah. Let me tell you what's out there, young, hey young people. Listen. Let me tell you what's. Let me tell you what's weird. Listen. What's weird is to have abortions before you're even twenty. What's weird is to be a dope addict and drunk by the time you're seventeen. What's weird is to be a homosexual and a pervert before you're even. What's weird is to take a rifle and go in and shoot 19 little elementary school kids. What's weird is to be demon possessed and have nuts and bolts pierced off through your body and all manner of zoo colored hair. I ain't going to look around and see y'all, but this unnatural hair color is a lesbian thing. Y'all do know that, don't you? You girls want to touch up the black, the brown, the gray, the, the help yourself. Un, this unnatural, this crayon color is a lesbian fad. I ain't looking around and if you got colored hair, I ain't a picking on you. But if you can't say it in church, where can you say it? The lesbians, that's what's weird. A bunch of 15-year-old girls. Let me say what's not weird. It's not weird to find the God-sent love of your life and meet them on an altar pure and white. What's not weird is to have godly in-laws and godly parents. What's not weird is that God give you a little place and, and you can build a family altar and raise your family in the nurture. What's not weird is for Jesus to live at your house. 
What's not weird is for not to be a mass murder shooting in your school because your mama teaches your school. There's mass murders almost take place in homeschoolings. I've witnessed several of them. I've walked in that little downstairs in the room. Hey, okay, yeah, great, knowing y'all. Gonna go find a pastor and drink coffee. It's a bad spirit in there. I think it's on my wife and her children. Lord, she nearly killed Preston the whole time. They pushed each other's buttons. Chloe was as easy. She's the one who had to work hard at school, but she's so easy. Kendall, just like me, very spiritual and very difficult. <laughs> it's a true story. She does not want to ever be in school. She wants to be in a meeting with me. And she has friends that are old preachers. <laughs> There's like old preachers as her buddy. But her mama's not her buddy when it's time to do that. Oh, Lord, we went two weeks overtime with one stinking report she had to do. Weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> the worm died not, and the fire was not quenched. So there may be some school stabbings, <laughs> but your mother will try to keep you alive. One of the biggest lies. One of the biggest lies that ever told to young people is that you're missing out because you've been taken outside the camp. <laughs> when you get older, you'll see what you missed out on. And you'll thank God your mom and daddy launched so far out into the deep. I tried to bail out when and 15 I jumped the ship and you know they had launched so far into the deep there wasn't any land in sight I just doggy paddled a while till I got tired I couldn't find land couldn't find the world couldn't find the shore mom and daddy had moved afar off and finally 20 people looking at me you tired of doggy paddling yeah blub 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 you want this life preserver or are you ready for it yet or not yeah <laughs> what about that thank God there's a tent set up outside of even God's original camp God's the one had them camping out they had to leave their own camp You men of God know if you're ever going to have the touch of God, you've got to be willing to go out there by yourself and set up your own church. Not leave the doctrine. Not leave the good brethren. But there is a time you're going alone or you can't go no further. Which one of y'all plays the piano? Come and softly play. Play Amazing Grace for us. Y'all look at me for a minute. I'm not quite done. Can I say something? See, let's see what Freedom Baptist says to this right here. Thank God the Lord. Church took it outside the camp. This is a church that's outside the religious camp. 
It's outside the judgment camp. It's outside the gold calf camp. Thank God. I was so blessed that the Lord is here tonight. You can softly play whenever you get there. Brother Langston, one of these days, your little boys and your little girl, 20 years from now, they'll be marching for God, building their own arcs, and they'll say, my daddy left the camp. He carried us to God and went outside the camp, outside the gate. They tried to hire him. They tried to buy him. The basketball world wanted him. The independent church building world wanted him. But God wanted him. Sister Leah, thank you for going with your husband. I know a lot of men, their wife hadn't gone with them. My Jennifer was out there on the phone with me encouraging me a while ago. She said, we were just thinking about you and talking about you and praying for you. <laughs> hey! I'm going to give a challenge to all you young people. Are you willing to bear his reproach? Pick up the cross? Go outside the popular crowd? Go outside the partying crowd? Go outside the peer pressure crowd? Willing to be different? Willing to be Jesus's? Willing to go outside the camp? Follow your mom and dad wherever town God takes them? A little town in Nebraska, a little town in Kansas, little parks and little towns and little tents set up in little towns. You children, you'll be misunderstood, you'll be a little made fun of. But there's coming a day all them other kids are going to wish their mom and daddy had took them out in that tent where God was. Far off from the camp. I'm encouraged, Brother Dow, to see so many young people here with freedom. You know, we got to get, I don't know if y'all are still singing. We got to get singing going around the piano again. I don't know if y'all are still doing that. For a while there, that was going strong. Well, we need to get that going again. I almost put all y'all up there with Emma. Because we know a lot of them same songs. Are y'all willing to be a little weird and a little different? Get saved. Get on fire. Get in the middle of this youth group. And get away from the party crowd and the, the Facebook and the Instagram and the TikTok and the party and the popular. Jesus is out there in that tent. It said everybody that wanted to see God. God was so upset about their idolatry. He said, I better not, I'm not coming in there, I'll kill them. 
There's a tent set up out there and if you want to seek God, come out there. I'm glad in an hour where God ain't in most churches and most circles, there's a tent out there that some old man of God set up and said, if you want to meet God, come out here. That's what'll make you drive from Minnesota or Montana or one of them M state, Michigan. Surely you're not from Michigan. Minnesota. If you're from Michigan, I wasn't going to like you. That's what you'll do is take some precious days like this and not go to where all the other people are going, but where are y'all going? Well, there's a tent. <laughs> it's far off, but we're going to go seek God. Amen, Ivan. Amen, son. Holy. 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 I ain't forgot that, son. Mordecai, you boys. When y'all got put in this tent, that was a far off. God was really setting it up for y'all. And boys, I went through some things in my teenage years. I'd be ashamed. I'm ashamed to even know about that I know about it. But did I mention that where sin abounds? Grace. There'll always be more grace. And it will abound. It'll abound. <laughs> Did Bryce ever feel a little lonely, a little isolated? The only teenage boy, the only young man, and all of that. Well, last time I checked, the biggest church in Greenville, he'd become the pet. Pastor adopted him. People adopted him. Church is calling for him. Because he's got good testimony, good character. Got a boldness. That boldness didn't come by being just the current of a popular crowd. It come over there isolated, building a boat, nobody but you and your family. That's the kind of popularity you want. Because when God's men love you and God's people love you and the churches love you. I watched in those years the weird, lonely kid he never was weird, but it's a weird circumstances all these kids get in. Isolated. I'm going to use the word insulated instead of isolated. Y'all ain't isolated, you're insulated. And one of these days, he may walk through some of them camps and go ahead and kill all of them. I've seen him do it. Bring death to whole camps. And circles. But out yonder is a tent. 
and everybody out there. Matter of fact, I didn't show it to you in Exodus 33. Please take my word for it. This is where Joshua, a young man, refused to depart from the tabernacle. Y'all remember Joshua, the young man that time? When everybody was done with the service, Joshua stayed. It was that tent, that chapter. How many Joshuas we got in here? How many Joshuas? Seraphina. Don't ever listen to the adversary. Oh, with all them brothers and that godly family. The devil knows he'd get a prize. The little shining jewel in the middle of all them old ugly brothers. Except Josiah, he's a good looking brother. He's the only one. Don't ever listen to him. Why do we have to live this way different? Because <laughs> everybody over there is fixing to be wiped out. <laughs> Without the gate. Outside the camp. Outside the gate. There's a tent somebody set up. That's why I tried to call you the other day. I told you I tried to call you and my phone wouldn't work. I was reading that. And Moses set up a tent. I was like, are you kidding me? It was outside of the regular camp. Let's pray a while. I tell you what, family, love it. Y'all go stand behind her and stand with her and just sing something over there. Let's come and pray, y'all. Everybody stand. Come and pray a while. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Y'all just slip on behind Brother Dale and come on in there and sing Amazing Grace. Sing Amazing Grace, family. Oh, my. Oh, my. Glory to God. God oh God oh Lord I'm Oh my. Oh my.